0: Music appreciation, one, oh, one. Hello, class. Welcome to music history. So, I've actually been reading a lot of music history books. By the way, I'm Scoober Tubert, and the reason why I'm reading these music history books is to understand a little bit better, like how the hell did we get here? Like, music is crazy right now. I love it. But how did we end up making the music that we're making? And by looking back a little bit, sometimes you can look forward. Because, like, history doesn't repeat, though it often rhymes. You know, it's that kind of vibe. So I want to talk about, like, what are our unique traits as this post-postmodern composer? I think two things... are are absolutely incredible that we have at our disposal. Number one is the perch of time. Number two is the perch of access. So we're able to have a long enough runway. You know, written music has been around for a thousand years now. Long enough runway that we can like look at melody and rhythm and how it's evolved over the course of Western music. And then eventually when it starts to you know, interact with other cultures and we end up where we're at now with a globalized musical system. A lot of it's still rooted in Western tonal music, but a lot of it isn't now. And that, that's a really unique place for us to be where we're, we are not nearly as like localized. French composers made French music. Italian composers made Italian music. Now like, <laughs> they, sure, yeah, like you're influenced by your environment and what your culture deems to be good music but you don't have to only make that cultural music in, in fact i think that we're all far more individualistic in our taste and in our um, inputs than composers have ever been in human history and it's not superficial either i mean you you can listen to music from other cultures exclusively if you want to and fundamentally change how you hear music and that's the second part, access. You know, before it was like a big deal to go buy a record. And before that, to buy sheet music. In order to even interpret the music, you had to know how to read and play music. And you might be doing it wrong. Because <laughs> even though sheet music like does have very good uh, parameters, so you can replicate melody and rhythm and things like that, but there can be a certain set of emotions, certain set of strong and weak Beats, some of the things that are between the lines that are not accurately conveyed. Like just think about like never hearing blues music and trying to read sheet music of blues. It's not going to sound right. You need the cultural exposure, particularly for music that like has that sort of folk undercurrent, the imperfection, the, you know, like necessary articulations of a genre, like the way that you sing the note, the way that you glide into the note, the the strong and weak beats being reversed from traditional bum, bum to boom, ka, boom, ka. You know, these things like, yes, you can notate that, but I swear if you gave a Baroque musician um, perfectly notated jazz, they're going to screw it up because they probably don't know how to swing very well. (laughs) Screwed up from our perspective, at least. It might end up sounding cool, but I digress. What I'm trying to say is like, we can reach out and listen to all sorts of music. It's not just the fact that we can pull up music at any time. That alone is incredible. But the ability to listen to other cultural contexts of music, being able to collaborate with people from all around the world. I'm doing it right now. I'm on one call with somebody from Sweden, working on awesome music with this band called I Don't Speak French. And then I'm, you know, on the other side of the world talking with Chai in Japan. And I am broadening my musical horizons, asking them about what they listen to, getting new musical conversations back and forth, and we're doing it all in real time where I will lay down a bass part and I will send it to Japan or I'll send it to Sweden, and then they will instantly have it into their session, and then they'll start composing to the bass part, send me stuff back. It becomes this conversation that we're having over thousands of miles. So not only do we have access to past, but we also have access to present and future cultural musics that's insane. (laughs) So like, let's, let's talk about just kind of order of musical history that that's where we're at right now. So it's like, what do I do with all of that knowledge? And I think part of it is to look even further back to look at, you know, Western music, tonal music from the beginning, you know, listening to Mozart or listening to Bach, like Baroque music, and then classical music. There's a certain sense of figuring out the rules. Part of the reason why it sounds so, you know, firm to our ears is because they wrote the rules. And, you know, part of these rules are instinctual and part of these rules are cultural, but a lot of our own, you know, feelings of this note goes to this note or this chord goes to that chord comes from longstanding musical traditions, and understanding those traditions allow you to either break or follow, to pay off or to not. In the same way that grammar has a certain pattern. You expect me to pause after this word and continue after I say and. It's that pattern. It's that vocabulary and the grammar and the pace that is all you know part of rhetoric, like what I'm doing right now, just talking into a microphone, but also music, the flow of things. So you go from this classical or this Baroque into the classical. The classical, like Mozart, they're looking for balance. They're looking, they're like Newton, you know? They're like trying to make this order and balance, looking for melodies that's like the music of the spheres. I've talked about that before. It's like this perfect heavenly gift. Every, you know, planet is a melody singing to another planet. It's this divine structure. So we go from that, looking for melodies in the ether, trying to pluck things from the air, trying to discover God's melodies. And once you kind of see that through and you have masters like Mozart, you kind of go, okay, what do you do next? Same thing with like painting in Italian Renaissance art. After you kind of perfect it and you're like, well, that's, wow, you just painted exactly what I see, but better, you know, in the real world, it's it's like, oh, that's a photograph, basically. What do you do from that? you turn inward, you look at humanity, you look at emotion, you look at the self, you use those tools of expression, of culture, of worldly things. You take it from trying to be the divine to being the individual. And that's where you get romanticism and romantic expression. Beethoven, for me, is the guy that goes from being classical to romantic. He is the perfect balance of having all of the chops of like a Mozart and all of the ability to, you know, have perfect balance and tension and release in the kind of predictable, expected, beautiful way of classical music. But then he takes it to the next level where it's about, he's like, I'm the man (laughs) I'm going to write music that moves me. I'm not just going to try to try to write music that moves God. Like who am I to say what moves God? I'm going to make music that makes me feel something. And he had great, you know, challenges in his life that he overcame musically, even though he was deaf. And that's where, you know, Beethoven is that move towards humanity, away from, you know, just trying to find the perfect ratios and things. Not to say that either are better or worse. They're both awesome. And then from there, where do you go? You start finding impressions of things. You go even deeper into the romantic expression to an impression of the thing and from there you get an increase in tension before tension was this thing that was to be released it was a push back home it was like the earth turning around the sun but then when the when the like you know you, you flip the sun turns around the earth to the earth turns around the sun to now like we're floating in this big space that's that's when things become a bit more existential a bit more emotional And then gravity becomes like this thing in itself. It's not just a tool to keep the planet spinning. It's instead is its own tension, an underlying tension of being alive. But then when that tension becomes your root, your origin, the source of emotion and life, you need more tension to resolve to tension. And that's where you get into the 20th century. Because like we get that with science too. You know, you you go from... Being like, the sun revolves around the earth. To the earth revolves around the sun. To boom, quantum mechanics. You know, like everything is percentages. God plays dice. So from there, you get atonality, where there's no real center of gravity. Every note is strong. I talk about that in the octatonic scale, my favorite scale podcast. But a, a better way to talk about atonality is pan tonality. Every note has equal weight and worth. So then, like, where do you go from there? (laughs) Is everything just discovered? Are we done? That's where we use our new tools, the tools of time and access. And more importantly, I think the tools of timbre, recording engineering, and sound design. A lot of people in the 20th century have already done this. I'm going to make some Spotify playlists at some point that explore some of my weirder tastes in music. But now we are the synthesizers. We're the explorers. And we're also the people that can recapitulate, recap, where you can look back and, you know, neoclassicism, neo romanticism are terms in the 20th century music where it's like, I'm trying to do what Mozart did, but through a modern lens, that kind of stuff. I'm trying to be Haydn. Where you can have both music where the universe is in balance and where the universe is chaos. And that's a really cool thing to be in a place where we can push back Against, you know, like the world and the science that we see or lean into it or do both at the same time, order and chaos, being tension and being consonant, leaning into music that's difficult, that, you know, might might not have a super wide audience, but then also making music that's very pleasing and doing both. I think that that's like, that's the, to me, the modern, like plant my flag in it. I believe we need to both make music that is beautiful and not beautiful all at once. It's like we're living in a, a, a quasi-fever dream. We have all of the tools that Beethoven never could have imagined, but it's time for our music this and it's time to take you know the classical and and we, we overcame it with popular music. Like let's embrace that deeper, but also embrace it with. You know, the feelings that classical composers brought to their work, where it's not just, ah, I'm just going to make this thing. It's like, no, think of think of like multiple albums as a symphony. A symphony is 90 minutes long-ish. So like if you're going to make two 45-minute records, maybe like think of those two 45-minute records as like this arc of the symphony. Like put a bit of your soul and a bit of your time into it. So, you know, go do that, whatever that means to you. And as, as, as music fans, give, give your artists some space to be chaotic because the world itself is pretty chaotic. But also give them, give them space and embrace it when they're beautiful because they can pull you out and pull you up to this higher plane. But allow them to, to do both. Allow them to break the sense of who they are in your, in your head because that's truly what an artist is. Artists are free. Let them be free. Embrace them. Support them. Let me let me close it with, with a couple with a couple um, things that are, are important to me. So Prince said, if you can bring the special effects inside your body, then you'll have a long career. I feel that way with recording, engineering, timbre, you know, all the technology. How do you take that stuff and put it back in? And then one last thing. Beethoven himself. Never stand still. Always keep moving. I paraphrase. <laughs> but that's the gist. Don't just be a stagnant artist. Life isn't stagnant. Go enjoy it. Let's go make some music. If you want more, scuba is where you can find all of my links, my music. You know, see if I'm full of BS. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Music.